Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, Productivity and Performance Coach, Keynote and TEDx Speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Productivity Mastery after a few weeks of a pause. Yes, Mr. Stoyan has been on the road doing different events, speaking at events, consulting, doing workshops, traveling like crazy. I had this uh, period of 30 days on the road with no breaks, pretty much. And when you engage on being on the road, you end up meeting amazing people. One of these people is my guest today, and uh, I'm super actually excited to speak about one of the best in the world in his respective industry, a very special person I had the chance to meet at the Web Summit, one of the best tech events in the world. Both of us were speakers at the event, and uh, I would say out of the 800 speakers, he was one of the most friendly, the most giving people that I've met. He would be the person that will come and, and be just kind and introduce people, share good vibes. So uh, we, had a, we had a great this time uh, during the event. But the more I, I spoke to him, the more intrigued I, I started to be about what he does. And um, today we're going to talk about AI, a topic everybody is curious about, a topic that's very important when it comes to productivity and where the world is going. And just to open the conversation, I, I just want to start with this, Matthew. You had an interesting encounter and uh, AI was uh, somehow related to that. Could you maybe start with uh, sharing this story and then we can start unveiling the rest? Yeah, sure. So uh, not too long ago, I was invited to come and visit a longtime friend, someone who I had grown up with and spent a majority of my childhood around. Individuals really important to me, worked for the family business. And uh, a few years back, they had received a cancer diagnosis. And so, you know, they've gone through a series of treatments, uh, most of them unsuccessful, until I got this invitation to come and visit them not too long ago. And it was at the bedside of this dying man in which artificial intelligence showed up in a really unique way for me. Because when I got there and I entered the room, it had been maybe a, a year since I've seen this individual, you know, the effects of cancer were pretty apparent on him and he looked very unwell and indeed, you know, was on his deathbed. So that initial shock, it was very hard to overcome in that moment and just being a bit overwhelmed by the, the emotions that that kind of situation would arise. And, you know, I didn't really know how best to encounter or talk, what to talk about exactly. Uh, with him because nothing was really coming to mind. I was just really uh, having quite a time with it. And so I elicited the help of actually a large language model to help context this situation and uh, discover ways to to engage with them. And the feedback was actually so remarkable. It opened up an entire trajectory of conversation, which led to you know, us revisiting some of our most cherished moments. It was truly a fascinating example of the way AI can be used in definitely uncustomary ways. What, what a powerful moment. Yeah. And a powerful way AI show up in, in your life. Yeah. But maybe, maybe could, could you lead us through 
through your journey and and how did you get so fascinated by AI and you know maybe just kind of lead us through what do you do today and what uh, what are you excited about these days yeah sure so i'll start by saying what it is that i do and i run the first company of its kind which is a talent representation agency for individuals within the artificial intelligence and philosophy fields and i now represent some of the most famous pioneers driving some of the most ambitious efforts within artificial intelligence and the lineup of people i represent includes individuals who were featured in time magazine's 100 most influential in ai right and i also represent separately the world's most famous humanoid robot sophia who has graced the stages uh, all all across the world in hundreds of countries and how did i get into this is uh you know how, how i came to be acquainted with all this field is really fascinating so about 10 uh maybe 11 years ago I was on a return flight back from San Francisco where I recognized an individual on a plane. And this individual, his name is Ben Gortzel. He's a leading AI researcher and scientist. It is incredibly famous for his efforts in blockchain and AI. He, at the time, you know, this is 11 years ago, was featured on me, the theoretical physicist show, uh, Michio Kaku, his show called Sci-Fi Science. And this show was uh, uh, dedicated towards interviewing individuals who are all, who are uh, pioneering efforts that would be considered like sci-fi science, you know, robotics, AI was one of them, right? Uh, you know, healthcare, gene engineering, all, you know, we'd interview really a vast array of really incredible fascinating accomplished people and uh, ben was someone who was interviewed because of his efforts in ai and he was famous enough you know 11 years ago to land on michio kaku's uh television show but his fame has since uh, inc exploded massively since then he really is very world uh, famous world renowned anyway Ben is unique because uh, he has a very specific intonation. It's very recognizable. Uh, his voice sounds so unique. And when he was talking in the airplane, I kind of heard it in the distance. And I, I knew that uh, you know, it, the wheels started turning, if you will. But I actually ended up sitting right next to him. And, uh, you know, eventually was that by accident or? I know it was a complete you... accident. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so eventually I, I came to know who he was through like kind of gentle uh, inquiry with him and then not just open up the floodgates. And at the time he was serving on the board of Hanson Robotics as their chief science officer. This is before Sophia was even developed. And she was just a dream, right? And Ben was working on this problem uh or this you know this this task of embodied ai embodied uh, artificial intelligence that is embodied in a physical system and they ha always had these dreams and they were throwing uh, around a couple ideas of how this should look eventually they led to sophia so uh, a few years following maybe two years following that encounter that chance encounter on the airplane uh ben had been bringing me up in company board meetings as someone who he recommends to drive forward the efforts of, you know, getting Sophia into more businesses, into events, someone who can lead the charge on that. And, you know, one day I eventually get a phone call from the CEO, David Hansen, asking me if I want to come on board and, and help, you know, spread the word of Sophia all around the world. And 
of course I said, yes, it was the most incredible opportunity in the world. And it's from that work that I have come to know some of the world's most famous conference uh, organizers, the biggest events, most important events happening around the world, including Web Summit. Uh, and also the individuals who were invited to those very same stages along with Sophia. People making significant contributions to the field of artificial intelligence, robotics, philosophy, you know, all these like really remarkable efforts taking place around the world, deeply impactful, uh, you know, applications of technology. And, uh, you know, from there, I was able to start my own company from this network. Fascinating, man. Yeah. I just want to remind everybody listening live uh, to this conversation. You're welcome to post your questions in the comments. And if we have time, we'll take some questions. Uh, so make sure to do that. Matthew, let's talk about Sophia. Sure. When, when was the first time you met her? And uh, Oh, that's a good question. Your, <laughs> what was your first impression? Yeah. Um, oh, the first time I met her, uh, I had already been placing her in events, right? And uh, even well before I actually laid eyes on her, which was really remarkable. Uh, but, you know, shortly after I came on board, uh, I met her actually in Los Angeles at a uh, movie studio. And that okay. experience was really wild, I, I must say, because... I had, of course, seen and had all the product literature for Sophia, and I was legitimately blown away by just how lifelike she looked. It, it was, in some cases, almost, you know, if you look up close enough, almost indistinguishable from uh, a, a human woman. It's, it was uh, mind-blowing. What were some of the most fascinating moments you, you remember from let's say conferences and events, maybe when she was giving interviews or, you know, something that was for you, maybe even, wow, what was that kind of moment? Uh, yeah, sure. So one, one thing about, I mean, it, it's either with Sophia or with my own company, uh, Profits of AI, really uh, the primary function is, live events where it's an events company, uh, you know, event fulfillment experience, event, uh, live event experience company. And what I uh, really love and appreciate about the live event space specifically is that you show up and, you know, these are their flagship events of companies. This is like what everyone's looking forward to. This is what like the end of the year, no one's working. No one's, you know, everyone's just there to have a good time. They show up and have a good time. So you're surrounded by a lot of, uh, you know, positive energy and it's just makes the best setting. So in operating under these uh, influences, right, these uh, conference organizers get incredibly creative with the way that uh, they have Sophia come out and present on stage, right? And some of them like throw in, uh, you know, some really uh, remarkable things. So one of the more memorable experiences was in Colombia when Sophia, you know, they had envisioned this, you know, they blended philosophy and art uh, also with her uh, appearance and it, her uh, her uh, participation in the event was a complete surprise uh, to the conference members who were who attending, right? So they wanted to make it a big show. And they had Sophia uh, unveil or in, enter through an egg, like like what you know, a, a model egg that came down from the ceiling. and then it as it w came onto the stage, it opened up and it's like two, you know, with themes of like this rebirth of this new type of entity that now exists on the earth, this, uh, you know, em embodied AI, hu hu human 
intelligence robots, right? I mean, it, it was it was really a sight to see, that's for sure. So people recognized her and just started, well, ah, like the whole the whole room kind of exploded, I guess. Yeah, that that's the that's the wonderful thing about Sophia is you know anywhere she shows up, she's pretty pretty well recognized. I mean, there's there's very few places in the world you can go at this point where Sophia wouldn't uh, have people who recognize her. Could you give and, us a bit of? I'm super curious. Like, like, could you give us a bit of a behind the scenes of a, what what does it look like to the whole process of booking her to an event? You know, arranging. I mean, as as a As an agent, if you're booking human speakers, you yeah. need to identify what are the the core objectives of the event producer. What are the topics that the old like the told all the how how does that work with Sophia from you managing the whole process, the logistics of bringing her on stage and making sure that she delivers um, the what what the event producers satisfying the, the the event producers and the audience. Yeah, uh, so it's really important actually to meet beforehand and just like, you know, hear from conference organizers. What are they looking to accomplish with this event? Like what are is the what are the key goals, the strategic vision for the event and why they're inviting Sophia, right? And and so what uh, what I primarily do is I help create and lay the foundation, if you will, of what that appearance actually looks like. And usually this surrounds some bold initiative that the company, the, the inviting company is going to unveil to maybe their employees. And they use Sophia as a creative vehicle by which to talk about and uh, announce these, you know, new company initiatives. Because in many ways, she's the embodiment of the future, right? She's kind of like the future visualized. And uh, this so whenever a company is looking to pioneer some uh, future type program that you, you know, maybe incorporates a fair deal of technology, Sophia is a pretty good catalyst by which to open up and have those conversations with the employees. So We will work with them to set the stage for how that looks. Uh, on my end, I'm usually just uh, setting up that initial, you know, settings to building what that is actually going to look like. And then once the contract and all that's finalized, then I hand it off to the events team and, and they kind of take it from there. And they, they're the ones who deal with all the logistics, the flights, um, Something you may find interesting, though, is so Sophia travels as just normal carry-on luggage. So uh, her, her body, which is the heaviest part, is stored underneath. But the, the head is, is actually quite uh, sensitive, right, and fragile. So it needs to remain with the operators traveling to the event. So they're walking around with a, a, you know, a, a disembodied robotic head. <laughs> And, what, what do you and, tell and to the, the airplane and, and going through TSA? I cannot believe uh, uh, you wouldn't believe how many like stories we have surrounding this. Beep, beep. Carrying a robotic what head are you carrying? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Incredible, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, so so <laughs> that is that should be like if you're the security guard, like what what is it? Amazing. Yeah, like what but, is but, going but, on here? <laughs> I'm curious the the um, and I'm not an expert. Uh, I, I don't know so much about Sophia. I mean, I've obviously uh -huh. like any, any other human being. I've been seeing some different appearances, interviews, uh, those kind of things. But is there any specific kind of areas that that she's branded towards? Like she she loves to talk about these type of things, like thinking about the language model and all the information and data that she's she's wired with like what, what are, is there any specific topics that uh, she's uh, she's she's an expert of if i can say it that way yeah it it's probably a good idea to go over and talk a bit about the 
philosophy behind Sophia and like why she was created, because I think that that will probably give mm. more context as to why okay. she is even participating in all these events, right? So we at Hanson Robotics, our efforts are kind of defined by making a standardized utility platform for generalizing robotics, right? Um, that can do all kinds of things. And in the process, generalizing artificial intelligence. So we're innovators in the field of artificial general intelligence. And that means AI that can be more adaptive and understanding and capable, right? Uh, em embodiment, for example, with robotic embodiment, being able to interact with the visible world can make a huge difference in the future of artificial intelligence. And, and a lot of leading researchers actually agree on this point. So having a physical robot makes a difference in the future of artificial intelligence itself. It allows AI to speak to people on human terms, to speak to the human heart and have the capability of expressing emotional awareness, social intelligence, and not just being a thing of utility, but speaking to the need, the deep-seated human need for human connection, emotional connection, you could say. So that's uh, w one of the primary motivations behind the creation of Could you, Sophia. Now no, 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 that you gave the, the primary motivation, uh, the purpose yeah. for why Sophia was built, I think it would be very interesting for the audience of this podcast to learn what are the future implications, like what, what could be some examples of this type of, should we call them entities, what, what, what could be this physical embodiment, as you call them, physical embodiment AI? Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what could be some different day-to-day -day implications? And, and maybe since you're very close to so many experts and you're part of uh, the company as well, if you can give us some rough time frame of where are we going and when do we get there potentially? Yeah, so the the applications of humanoid robots specifically are really varied and so you you can imagine when these systems these entities you could say become incredibly robust right and very convincing as far as the way that they look uh the the way they interact with you and just the overall capabilities, right? Where they can now begin to assist in a whole host of things. So there have been numerous experiments in which, uh, or studies, I should say, that uh, Hanson Robotics has participated in, in which tests were run based on the feedback, the emotional state, you could say, of people who have interacted with a humanoid robot. So this has happened in like following a dining experience where people interacted with the robot and then upon leaving would, you know, be asked by the robot, what, what was their experience? How did they feel about having a robot assist them with these things? And the result was actually overwhelmingly positive in a number of different, uh, across a number of different studies. So having these robots initially roll out as service agents, like uh, things that you will go to when looking for information on, you know, how to get around the city, how to uh, navigate your hotel or access to services. It makes a really uh, personal and uh, easy conversant to attaining information that you otherwise maybe wouldn't be so inclined to learn from had it be just a computer screen that you're just simply talking to, right? Uh, there's, it, it makes learning itself much more interesting. And 
I think robots will will excel in this capacity. I think once they begin to develop uh, along really convincing lines, uh, very robust, that the educational application of them will be really remarkable. And we'll see mass adoption in that, in that uh, as well. Do you think now one of the major challenges is the, the cost? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that is uh, very, uh, you know, that's definitely worth mentioning. He, the humanoid robotics business is an extremely expensive one. It, you know, manufacturing humanoid robots is not cheap. They're incredibly complex things. They have hundreds of moving parts. Right. And they all need to work flawlessly in order to be be this convincing thing or else it just completely ruins the effect. If something is off, if a joint doesn't work, if an eyelid gets stuck, it kind of ruins that perception that uh, this mimicry of humanity. Right. If something is off, uh, you know, that, that kind of goes away very quickly. So all of it must function very flawlessly which you know robots never do they always uh, inevitably break somehow so getting them to be uh, functional reliably is a very expensive endeavor it's super interesting that in the back in the 70s 80s 90s it's like everybody was like oh robots are gonna come but nobody really thought about <laughs> this problem right it's like yeah so so I don't know. It, it feels like a surprise to everybody that the first place is the first industries that got disrupted by AI is the, say, the creative industry, you know, copywriting, advertisement, like marketing, like those kind of industries were not the first that came to mind, even though now looking backwards, yeah. it's so logical. Of course. Yeah, it, 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 it's really fascinating, right? I mean, and on the robotics front, if you're familiar with the the sphere in Las Vegas, are you? The sphere, so the sphere in Las Vegas. It's it's this it's a, a structure that truly looks like it was. It's from the year three thousand. Like it is unbelievable what this thing and it, and it was designed to be like this visual rep representation of what the future holds right because it's number one incredibly technical technically complex but the outside of it is filled with like high resolution screens and what they did is they put humanoid robots installed three humanoid robots inside the uh showroom you know that to greet guests right away of it, it you know as they enter so they're on permanent rotation there it's the Amica robot from Engineered Arts. Uh, this is a strong testament to this connection of humanoid robots and the future and how we envision it, that they will be inevitably a part of it. Is that, is that what you're most excited about when it comes to AI? That's yeah, a good question. Um, no, I, I think that what, I mean, I, I do really uh, love humanoid robots because they are a blend of art and engineering, you could say, right? That's literally why engineered arts and maker of Amica made their company. Um, but I am most excited. The thing that gets me most exhilarated is artificial intelligence's connection to arts in general and the different ways that individuals are using artificial intelligence as a mode of expression, right? This, this is uh, something r really close to my heart, you could say. Though not an artist myself. Maybe you can become one soon enough with all the yeah. tools that are popping up and everything. It's, I mean, it's just crazy from the 
emergence of ChatGPT a little bit more than a year ago, right? It, it's not so, I mean, 14 months or what it was published. And yeah. then everything had happened ever since. I mean, it's it's scary how fast everything kind of, I mean, it's, you know, to, in a way it's like you go and you start learning about some tools and, and then you see a new video of a new tool and a new thing. And it's like, uh, I think it's very exciting. At the same time, the, the speed of development is just uh, fascinating. Oh, it's uh, it's exponential, really. I mean, and in that time, now you see entire divisions, you could say, of companies dedicated towards unveiling and integrating these large language models and generative AI into their actual business processes from the top down. So it, the speed of adoption has been really remarkable. I mean, I think that that's, uh, it comes as no surprise, but at the same time, it's like, it, it, it's almost unbelievable. And you've been privileged in many ways to spend significant amounts of time with some of the most prolific thinkers in the world in the areas of AI. Um, oh, can yes. you maybe talk a little bit more about it? You kind of mentioned at the beginning of the conversation that you're representing some of the smartest people in the area of AI. What's, what does that look like? And, and also, like on a bigger picture level, what are some of the, the trends that uh, we should pay attention to? Yeah, so... What does it look like? Um, so I run a talent representation agency for individuals who have made significant contributions to the field of artificial intelligence, right? And at this point, I represent almost 30 individuals. And what I always found really fascinating being in this industry is that you can represent close to 30 people now and growing the list is ever growing of people in artificial intelligence industries and no there's no two speakers who will speak on the exact way that artificial intelligence shows up in the world they all can talk across the different parallels if you will so uh, this it, it's a testament to the pervasive nature of artificial intelligence it's literally in everything and it shows up in so many unique ways even ways and, and that's also another thing that i appreciate about being in the position that i'm in i'm constantly learning from these individuals that i represent and being introduced to new ways that uh, artificial intelligence is being applied uh, that I otherwise wouldn't would likely have never come across had I, had I not met them. So, yeah, it it, it really has been uh, a privilege, and and because of the work, I've been able to work you know with conference organizers or even directly with companies on implementing AI in their in their operations properly. So it's on the one side operating as a speaking bureau, very specific area of a speak, but, but it's also consulting as I understand. Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, I always envision forming the company as this trusted organization where you can get reliable and take the guesswork out of whether or not this individual is qualified to either speak at your event or help your company excel in the artificial intelligence race, if you will, because the, the quality of the information is literally coming from the top of the industry. And that's always the way that I had envisioned forming this. And so the caliber of the individuals in which I represent are truly renowned and have, you know, they've either graced the stages, they're multi-award uh, winners and nominees and, 
you know, like I said, have been featured on Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential in AI. So the, uh, they, they aren't nobodies, you could say. They're really remarkable individuals. And how does the process look like? Uh, okay, profits of AI, I guess that's the, the place that people, you know, there might be some conference producers, there might be some representatives of companies that are interested in kind of stepping up their game in the areas of AI. If they want to reach out to you, what is the process? Is that is there some kind of a form of like, like how do you sort of like curate the right kind of expert to connect them with? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a form and it's always just initial because I think getting too specific just right off the bat is not very helpful for anyone. I think just getting in contact, uh, you know, through a simple, hey, I'm here, we'd like to engage with you guys, please reach out. And from there, you know, we either have some meetings, uh, you know, go back and forth a couple of times on emails just to figure out exactly what they're looking for, whether they're producing an event or they actually want, you know, some some expert to come into their company and help them integrate AI. But that process is uh, is pretty straightforward and and pretty seamless. So, how long you've been doing that now? Yeah, I've. I started the company. Yeah, I I started the company. It was kind of at this critical point where after after I had been working with Hanson Robotics and Sophia for maybe, you know, I think at that point it was maybe almost six years. It kind of culminated in one of these events uh, in particular that Sophia was invited to. She was invited to participate in the Prince of Monaco's private event, the Ocean Gala, right? And this is an event where he, uh, you know, it's unbelievably uh, extravagant, as you would expect. It's at the uh, the casino, right? Behind it, and uh, it was truly unbelievable. And at this, he auctions off items from his personal collection to the various celebrities and um, athletes who were in attendance at this event, you know, and, and the items themselves sell for often hundreds of thousands to millions of euros, right. Depending on what we're, what it is that they're selling and all of the proceeds he then uh, in, invest into a fund that goes into, uh, you know, ocean initiatives, helping, uh, you know, advance environmentalism as it relates to the ocean specifically. So it was at this event, right? When I said, okay, look, I have this network. Uh, now it's reached kind of like arguably the top where I'm now uh, at a private event for the Prince of Monaco. I really need to do something with this network that I've developed. At that point, you know, she had been, Sophia had been uh, in almost 100 countries around the world. And so shortly after this event in 2019 is when I decided to do something with this network. And that's when I formed my company, Profits of AI. And some of the initial speakers actually, I mean, they just, I really have to hand it to them because it was just a dream at that point. I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything to show them. It was just this vision that I was able to, you know, successfully convey the importance of, of a platform dedicated towards individuals within the AI field specifically. Because I've also thought that AI is too impactful, it's too unique and pervasive for the individuals advancing its most ambitious efforts to be listed right alongside in other traditional speakers bureaus, like for example, listed alongside comedians or um, you know people who talk about a, a vast array of you know insurance related issues. There's just like the speakers bureaus are so broad, right? And they cover everything. They they're they're really useful, but I just always envision that artificial intelligence is just too important. It needs its own 
separate platform, uh, a unique one. And so here we are today, uh, and it's been really a truly remarkable journey. And it's been a journey now, you said started 2019. Yeah. Just for us to understand, how has the demand for experts in the area of AI expanded over time? Like, do you see not just the last 12 months, but let's say the last three or six months, the the demand is growing like how, how do you see the trend of of you know the demand for such experts yeah i mean it the demand certainly blew up and exploded after the unveiling of chat gpt of course because it was it didn't take long for companies to realize that this is something that they need to start integrating and in fact if they don't start implementing AI into their operations that they're likely going to be at a, at a disadvantage, especially if you're a sufficiently large company. So shortly after that is kind of when the demand really uh, ramped up. And ever since then, it's been, you know, a, a journey of, of just trying to fulfill every single request that comes in, but also at the same time, you know, getting my name out there and, introducing my company and what I'm trying to do to as many people as possible. And it's been, it's been resonating quite a bit uh, with a, a number of conference organizers specifically. I mean, my work with profits of AI and what I'm doing, it's like, it's clear that it really is. Uh, it, it, it's striking in accord with uh, many of these conference producers. I was recently invited to panel, uh, you know, participate in a panel at a really prestigious event. It's called Hope Global Forums. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. And my panel was immediately following Sam Altman's, who was speaking at the event. So I got to meet my hero backstage, Sam Altman. I mean, it, it was it was really remarkable. I mean, I, the first time I actually saw him, he was he was just washing his hands, right? He's like in the sink, like washing his hands. I was in the bathroom. I was like, oh, uh, hello, sir. Like, you know, it's like, just like very casual, but it, it was, it was mind blowing. Keep it cool. Like I kept you know. it cool. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go fangirl on him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a good time. I love it, man. Could you, because you mentioned, you know, now, People, people look at uh, look at you, and I'm sure like you, you're going to many stages these days. Even though you are you are the person that's doing a lot of work in the background, but you're going to a lot of stages. Um, yeah. You have a very special style. Those of you who see you on events, you know, like you're recognizable. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Unique, and 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 you have this very very cool attitude, very calm presence, but sometimes people get the impression it's yeah, this guy has it figured out it's easy he has no challenges it's just it's easy busy and knowing a little bit about this 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 business and this industry i know how how much it actually takes the effort you have to put in and i'm i'm curious if you can kind of share a little bit you know a glimpse behind the scenes of how does your your week look like you know what are some of your main challenges like the maybe not even now but like from starting to build this thing how many hours did you have to work like how did did you actually manage to get to the level you are today yeah stoyan you know better than anyone i mean being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart i mean if you are you know, you if, if you're bewailing your current job where, you know, you're maybe working 10 hours uh, a day, maybe even 11 if you have a, a, a crazy boss, right? It, it's almost like that's just the standard when you're when you're building your own company. And oftentimes you, you could be doing it and you, you're not getting paid to do it because no one's there stepping in. So the journey 
towards building your own company and entrepreneurship is incredibly difficult. It's very rare, I think, for someone to have some idea of a new idea, a product or a service and just launch it. And then they're immediately making money and successful. I think that that's probably very uncommon. And so getting to the point where you are, you know, generating income, building your company to the point where it can actually support your lifestyle. I think for most entrepreneurs is incredibly uh, hard. And establishing habits surrounding uh, your daily activities is really important and uh, serves well to, 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 you know, you have to become really regimented across a lot of different uh, uh, areas of your life, you could say, right? And so, uh, yeah, we, 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 could, we could talk a bit about my own personal schedule a bit and like what, how that shows up. Um, I would love to. And the reason is also, I used to watch all these professional speakers on the screen and, and it kind of felt easy, not easy, but like, you know, you see them on all these different places and, and then you become one yeah. and you start traveling and you start yeah. doing all the logistics around it and changing time zones, waking up in and, different places and time yeah, zones, climate. Yeah. And, and it's like, man, that's, it's, it's not that easy. It's actually pretty no. tough to, just to keep a routine, just to the simple things, you know, just going to the gym, eating healthy, uh, sleeping properly. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I would love to hear more about your routines, man. Yeah, uh, because a, go a good routine is absolutely needed. You have to have some sort of ritual surrounding your activities or else you, you know, you're waking up tired. You're, maybe you're not even going to sleep. I mean, you know, it, it creates a whole host of problems that severely impact your productivity and effectiveness during your working, waking uh, hours, right? So on my end, I have found it to be incredibly important to prioritize physical exercise. Um, for me, working out becoming physically in shape i mean it is it's one of those things where it's like clothing it the moment you walk into a room just you know unconsciously it people will recognize uh just you know they will be able to ascertain a few things about you oh look the way they dress they do you know they uh, they care about their appearance, they're stylish or whatever, or they are physically fit. They, you know, that, so you can already ascertain that if you are physically fit, uh, that they have some sort of schedule behind their efforts that where they prioritize physical exercise. Right. And so it's a testament to their, that individual's, you know, habits, you could say, because they're dead. It, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of hard work going to the gym consistently working out and getting in shape. I mean, it's, it's like one of the hardest tasks you can do, right. And it requires, a, a, so you have to eat right. You have to have a consistent schedule. You have to be sleeping right. So there's all those things that are just are immediately apparent just by the physical appearance of someone. And, and if they're working out, so you can you can just automatically assume that. And for me, I feel that the, because of that reason, it, it is really important for me to prioritize that. So I my day usually surrounds some sort of physical activity, whether it's, you know, it's primarily resistance training, weight training, but, uh, you know, also incorporating some yoga uh, and which I find to be very complimentary, actually, it, 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 hot yoga specifically. Uh, yeah. okay. to, to my efforts in the gym, you could say. And then, and then of course, you know, 
having some time where you're actually getting an adequate amount of sleep is is in, incredibly important also i mean of course everyone knows this but very few very few people i think put it into practice you know what it, it reminds me of this conversation is you know the actor mark Wahlberg? yes okay have you seen his personal schedule because he's like known as being like like kind of like the penultimate uh, entrepreneur you know he's incredibly successful he owns the Wahlbergs. it's like a hamburger chain he's a a-list actor like so he has all these like side businesses and he's like really uh professionally accomplished right and so he publishes his like this thing is insane man like what his daily ritual is it's like it's unbelievable it's like it doesn't look very fun. It's public. It's public. You can, you can go. Yeah, and it's public. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg's okay. uh, daily schedule. You should probably look so that he, up. Is that, is that, but it's like a routine. Like he, he, he publishes it every week or like, man. It's daily. This is what he does. <laughs> it's like it, it consists of like I love these people, man. At, uh, waking up at, a, at an, a completely unreasonable, unfathomable hour and then just like different sets of work. But, you know, I think it works it's out. It's a few of these people, day. right? There's a few yeah. of these people. One of them is Tom Cruise. There's yeah. the uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Uh, I mean, he's he's very good friend that he's they're having a lot of jokes with. But both of them, like Kevin Hart, like these guys, are just yeah. if you look at the the you know the amount of effort and focus and and determination, uh, people just around think their these personal guys are actors. Mm. They're not just actors. They're, yeah. They're just machines, man. <laughs> Getting yeah, back to but it, yeah. that is a, that is a testament mm. to, I mean, what what it what it takes. I mean, you, mm. it, it's very clear that in order to be su successful, you have to drive a, an inordinate amount of uh, effort, coordination, pressure around your what you're doing, which includes your daily schedule. So it's no surprise to me that people like Tom Cruise and The Rock all have these similar type schedules as well. It's it's what's needed. It's what life calls for in this I mean, fast-paced I mean, environment. If you want to perform, if you want to perform at your highest level sustainably, I, I guess everybody can have a good season. Not everybody, but the, the most talented people can have a good season or two. But if you want to be at the yep, top of your right. game sustainably, like, I mean, have a look at, you might be a fan of Messi. You might be a fan of Ronaldo. I don't care. Both yeah. of them are probably the number one and number two best yeah. football players ever. But, yeah. but, but then if you look into the Brazilian Ronaldo, many, many coaches, many players would say, this guy has the, the most insane talent ever. But, yeah. But if, it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm not sure if it's true, but like he was, he was not out of this world. However, the way, the way these people treated the game, I mean, have a look at the uh, Ronaldo, and I mean, he he would never drink a coke or like, he's always gonna eat healthy. He's gonna practice like, disciplined, man. And, and they were sustainably old outperforming everybody, right? For years and years and years. Same with Tom Cruise. Same with, uh, you know, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, man, like he just got a new book. I mean, what are we talking about? It's, it's, it's the the hours you don't see. People look yeah. at you, Matthew. You're kicking ass, man. I saw you at the event. You've been just like, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between you and majority of the people who are, by the way, some of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. The way you show up, your presence, you know, the the way you look, your preparation, right? I. Yeah, I, I catch them like this guy's different, man. But yeah. I know it's not uh, he just woke up and came to the event and had some fun. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the hours that you yeah. put behind. Oh, the, yeah, uh, there there was a, a hell of a lot of hard work behind getting towards that invitation to to MC the stage at Web Summit where we met. I mean, that that didn't just come easily. They. Web Summit is the largest tech event in Europe, right? They don't just invite anyone to participate at their events. They're really selective. And their event curation team, their the conference curation team is it, it is they are really smart people. And 
they are really only looking for people who would qualify, who fit well with the conference teams, what they're doing. So, yeah, uh, behind all of that uh, and what led to me being there is this, of course, you know, it's uh, it, it was a lot of low moments, but that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? It's not all ups. It's, it's usually mostly downs. Yeah, and being accustomed with adversity and failure is just, it goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. You may be working on a project for weeks, something that you believe is critical for like a milestone event in your company. It doesn't pan out. It, more, it m most likely won't pan out. And that's kind of the uh, vision, I think, that is most appropriate to take when leading the efforts behind your own company is that whatever idea you have that is that or plans that you have it's probably on the safer side statistically speaking for you to just think that it's probably likely not going to happen but if it does it'll be uh, you you'll be genuinely surprised and of course you'll celebrate that but the entrepreneur's life is usually a life of failure, of failed initiatives, of uh, ideas that never came to light, that never saw the light of day. And uh, yeah, so you, so I think it builds resilience. The pathway, uh, the path of an entrepreneur is in many ways. Uh, also a, a spiritual one or a philosophical one, right? I mean, th there's a whole <laughs> like, you know, trajectory that you we could talk about there, but I'm not sure we'd want to go there. But yeah, it's it, it, it's been difficult. That's for sure. And then you have this 2% of time that you, you know, show up on stage and give a speech or... You take yeah. the spotlight on the projector. And this is what people it's, see. It's, <laughs> this is what yeah. people see on social media because yeah. that's what you post, right? You go, to, you made of it course. to Web Summit. You got to post the, yeah. the stuff so people see that. And, and I do believe we should be doing better as a society, posting more about, you know, sharing more about the struggles and the day to day, you know, effort and, and hiccups and more. setbacks. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Because uh, life, life is a struggle for most, right? I mean, very few people, I think, have it easy and can just kick back and, you know, not, not work too hard. I think most people are, are, are very hard workers and life has a way of, of, of resisting what you want to do uh, more often than not. So being able to overcome those resistances, not get discouraged is the spirit of an entrepreneur. It's uh, foundational, you could say. Couldn't agree anymore. And since we are coming yeah. close to the end of the episode, I would like to kind of circle back to where we started. And sure, uh, we talk about AI during the whole episode. And if you can maybe paint us paint us a picture i know you're a proponent of of uh, tech for good and 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 you're a very positive person like what what's what's your vision for the world you know the best case scenario of where we are going uh, having ai in the picture yeah so the topic is actually an interesting one because not too long ago Bill Gates himself, right, felt inclined to release an article. And in the article, I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, is bringing to attention this new era of AI agents, specifically these AI agents, right? These are, are and will be entities in which know you unlike any other system and are, help you navigate your personal preferences and your decision-making in the world in really impactful and direct ways, right? So 
what he what Bill Gates said in this article basically is that the way that we're going to be interacting with computers is completely different uh, in the future. It's going to it's going to really change in, uh, across many ways. And so you can envision once the you know they work out some of the ethical guidelines behind these AI agents and standardize the implementation of it, you could say, which I represent people who are working on like these very same, you know, ethical considerations and standardization practices behind the implementation of AI in mass across society. So that's what I really said. Another avenue of really appreciate being involved in. Um, but you can imagine that once these uh, systems are actually commonplace, well, the world looks a lot different, I think, at that point. And I think that AI in the next, you know, two to maybe five years is going to start getting really uh, capable, you could say, like really mind-blowing in what is happening around the world. So very much looking forward to it excited to be part of in a very uh connected way towards all of this uh uh motion you could say behind artificial intelligence and final question related to that this podcast is seen and listened to by many entrepreneurs business professionals ambitious leaders what would be your final message in terms of how should we prepare to be able to thrive in such a world? Yeah, there is very likely, you know, if you prefer an in-person thing, some sort of program in your city, if you live in a large enough city, where AI best practices are being uh you know, introduced or there's some sort of workshops that take place, really just start getting involved with people who are like-minded in, in the field. There's a unbelievable amount of Discord channels uh, and Slack channels dedicated towards just discussing how you like start acquainting yourself with artificial intelligence. So just if you haven't already, just start getting acquainted with it and, uh, you know, be become familiar with the terminology behind all, all of these uh, efforts and technologies because it, it, it's uh, already arrived, but it's going to arrive fully formed in the over the next couple of years. It's what people say. Just uh, yeah. allocate a certain amount of hours per week. Could be one hour, two hours, which is allocated yeah. for you uh, becoming acquainted and just playing around with things and, and, and being prepared. So yep. thank you so much, Matthew. What a pleasure having you, man. What an honor having such a rock star. I mean, hey, I hope you, you guys Sian. enjoy you're, it. You're the best. The pro Productivity <laughs> Mastery is an amazing podcast for sure. Appreciate it, man. But just I just want to give you the, the kind of the final kind of minute to, to, to remind the, the audience and, and thank you everybody for listening, for being with us until the end of the episode. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, I wanted to give you the space, Matthew, just to once again summarize where could uh, people get in touch with you, find you, and how can you help uh, conference producers and businesses out there? Yeah, so if you want to get in touch, please, uh, I encourage you to do so. You can go to the website, of course. That's always the best way, uh, profitsofai.com. And there's a contact us form. Reach out, say hello. I'll be sure to get back to you uh, it, right away. And if you are uh, a business owner or a conference producer and you're looking for a way to talk about and highlight some of the most meaningful applications of artificial intelligence whether that's in a practical way in your business like the nuts and bolts of it or if there's if it's a way uh, that you want to be introduced to its artistic application 
and all of those like so many incredibly beautiful ways that artificial intelligence can be used as a way of expressing and conveying the critical importance of artificial intelligence and its and its effect on society through art then uh re reach out as well so there's a whole lot of things that we can uh talk about cheers ben thank you so much for being cheers. with us for sharing all the learnings thanks everybody for being with us and make sure to tuning in again for the next episode of productivity mastery have a great day and maybe go and uh, block an hour in your calendar to start playing around with ai because guys it's coming it's coming it's not going that's back. right so <laughs> hey goodbye everybody see you next time thank you guys for listening make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoeniankov.com and also learn about the Perform methodology and the Perform book, as well as our various personal and team coaching offers. Stay tuned and keep performing.